Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Beyonce sits lay. Shantae, you stay. You say that's fishy. Well, I say he's dishy. We say that's fierce. So sing all my queers. Don't go nowhere. Just prick up your ears. The word of the gay. Welcome to Word of the Gay, where we aim to dissect common words in the queer lexicon with regard to their history, contemporary usage in the LGBT plus community, and in pop culture at large. I'm your host, Lenny, and this is Brendy. Hello! Good evening, Lenny. You're looking very dapper. Dapper? <laughs> <laughs> I think I was looking a bit more cash than dapper. <laughs> now you can follow the show at, at Word of the Gay Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and send us any word suggestions. And this week's word is chemsex. Yes. God. But before- <laughs> that takes me back. <laughs> Quickly, though, before we get into chemsex, yes. it has been three weeks since I saw you last. I know, and you're being a bit crazy. <laughs> I'm a bit excited. I, know. I actually wrote to you saying, I've missed you. Yeah. <laughs> since we last saw each other, mm-hmm. I ducked up to the Australian Podcasting Awards. Yep. To represent you and I. Yep. You and I. You and you, you. We, we lost. <laughs> for the award for diversity and inclusion. Yep. Wonderful night. Walked the red carpet, Lenny. Um, I took a girlfriend <laughs> with me where everybody thought she was you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you are the new seer. <laughs> Nobody knows what you look like. But it was awesome. It was really, really exciting. You do need to come next year. I um, do when we're nominated again. Yeah. Yep. Fingers crossed. Hopefully we'll be more diverse and more inclusive. Oh, well, I met a whole bunch of random. <laughs> Random people up there. It's quite diverse. I yep. ended up partying with three heterosexual men. Oh, so yes, diverse. So diverse off a show <laughs> called um, Welcome to Patchwork. Okay. And they were absolutely hysterical. They ended up coming to the Stonewall Hotel with me. Oh, cool. I was like, look at you guys getting diverse. <laughs> oh, and the night before, you know, Sydney is nothing without a drama, as you know. Every yes. time I go to Sydney, something happens. Oh, God. The night before, I went out partying with friends and I went back to a friend's apartment where his dog mauled my face. <laughs> so I what? ended up. <laughs> oh, God. Literally attacked me. Uh, I ended up at St. Vincent's getting a tetanus shot because his tooth had punctured my <laughs> oh cheek my and split my smile line open. So, yes, yeah, so I ended up going to the podcast awards, relatively taped up. <laughs> oh, my God. I did not know this. I'm like, what? <laughs> my friend Daniel had got um, some skin-coloured tapes and okay, okay. fixed me up to a degree. Yeah. But We anyway. couldn't tell in the photos. Co- no, no. Beautiful <laughs> So much fun. Anyway, let's get into it, Lenny. Okay, so chemsex is when people take drugs to have sex, and it's also known as party and play, or P&P for short. Yeah, and oftentimes the drugs are used to facilitate a better or more heightened sexual experience. Yep, and it's ice or methamphetamine that are used most frequently in these settings. They've been given the nickname Tina or T. Although other drugs that are seen used are methadrone, GHB, ketamine, or cocaine. Yeah, so the same drugs people generally take in clubs for dancing or socialising, only they're used in the boudoir. 
And it's also become a bit of a subculture where recreational drug users partake in chemsex in a group setting. The rise of the internet in the 90s gave men new ways of cruising and meeting new sexual partners where they could arrange private sex gatherings in their home as opposed to just meeting at a bar or club. Yeah, PNP was like an alternative way for people to meet up and party without needing to be in public. And now, of course, most of these parties, sometimes called chill out, <laughs> are organised via hookup apps. Yeah, but there's usually still pumping music, drinks, porn on the telly, that sort of thing. So <laughs> So they aren't necessarily chill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably not. But while these sessions tend to be organised around sex, they can also serve a range of social purposes like meeting other gay men as friends, lovers, tennis partners. (laughs) Yeah, and the opportunity to engage in erotic play or experimentation in ways you may not have before. So chemsex drugs can deliver up to 100 times more dopamine than regular sex, Brendy. Intense. So it's quite unsurprising that the scene and the drugs involved can become addictive for some, and there are a range of risks involved. So firstly, one of the most concerning statistics is that nearly two-thirds of, we'll say men, because we're generally talking about gay men here, this is the show, (laughs) where's the gay? Let's not generalise, but yes. (laughs) Yes. Have experienced either depression or anxiety as a result of taking the drugs in Mm -hmm. this scene. There's also things like unconsciousness and falling into a G-hole. Yes. Have you been in one of those, Brandy? No, definitely not. I'm very good. Very, (laughs) Very good boy. (laughs) Very good for any of our listeners. There's also a side effect if you're on antidepressants and taking some of these drugs, which can result in a thing called serotonin syndrome, which is when your brain has too much serotonin, which is surprisingly not a good thing and can be really fatal if it's not treated. Also, according to the Gay Star News... A very reliable source, I'm sure. Yes, 23%, so almost one in four of men who have engaged in chemsex know someone that died at a chill out. Wow. So that's quite high as well. But even going back to what you were saying about people taking drugs while on antidepressants, Mm. I mean, you look at people taking it when they're on antibiotics, they're not supposed to drink or taking antidepressants and not really supposed to be drinking. And that's alcohol, let alone the levels with drugs. Yes, totally. And one in 10 men have reported a sexual assault happening while also at one of these parties. That's full on. Um, I also read somewhere that it's really different from more kind of standard, if you can say that, forms of drug use where you'll buy it yourself and then you'll decide how much you're going to take. Mm-hmm. Um, said that often at these parties, the drugs are largely pre-prepared. So they're there for people to use I'm imagining on some sort of like platter. I've got a friend that actually, while he was up in Sydney, caught Mm. up with another one of our other friends and they went off to this party and he rang me the next day because he was like, you will not believe where I ended up because it's just not his scene whatsoever. He ended up at a, you could pretty much call it a chemsex party because it was an underwear party in this house. Mm -hmm. This couple have a house up in Sydney. They love hosting underwear parties and there'll just be mountains of cocaine everywhere. But if you're attending the party, you have to go into their specific underwear underwear room, pick underwear, and <laughs> oh that's... It's like they're providing it's, it, the it, drugs as yeah, part it's, of Yeah, it's yeah. all provided as yeah. such. And even like a few years ago, a friend of mine, he was parting very hard, but then also taking all of his parting into the bedroom mm. as well. Yeah. It got to a point where myself, his ex-girlfriend, and one of our other friends pretty much had to do an intervention yep. because he rang me and he was just like, oh my God, I woke up. I've had three days off work. My bed was saturated after a night of sleeping. Yep. I was like, you need to get yourself to a GP. Yeah, well, it's interesting because... If we're dealing with gay men and drug use, those two issues, both of those are stigmatised. Yes. Especially when you're trying to seek medical help and support. So that can be like an extra barrier in doing that. 
And also, like, drug use is a bit more normalised in gay culture as well, so which isn't necessarily a bad thing, but that can be, like, an entry point into these drugs, especially when people see that their, their friends are doing it. So, yeah, I think it's really important that without, you know, condemning chemsex outright, yeah, no, that, that people just are given the right information and support and education regarding it. So we acknowledge that drug use and sex can be quite a sensitive topic. Yes. But there are definitely ways of talking about gay men's sexual health issues in particular uh, without demonising or being, you know, overly moralistic. It's so important not to be judgmental of each other. I was at circuit. No judgment. No judgment. No, I was at circuit the other night. There were these two guys next to me having a quick chat and whatever else. And one of them tapped me on the shoulder and started shaming the other guy who was picking him up about having chlamydia. (gasps) And was trying to make a joke out of it. Did she cop a serve from me? (laughs) About how dare she shame somebody for having an STI. Yeah. It's nobody else's business. But he's had the guts to tell you what he's got. Yep. Yeah. And then I turned around to the guy that has That's chlamydia horrible. and I was like, sweetie, you can do better. And then I got up and walked <laughs> away. Yes! <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Brendan is so funny. Oh my God. Rah, rah, rah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, with chemsex, there would definitely be an increased risk of possibly contracting HIV. Yeah, and actually over half the men in a particular study said they take more risks on chem so that definitely plays a part into it as well and then you'd also be throwing into chem sex parties also the use of viagra cialis and poppers and as we know from our amyl episode you can't mix poppers with viagra the more you know rising star (laughs) but yeah men are apparently twice as likely to have unprotected sex when they're having chem sex or as it's called bareback sex yep took me a very long time when i was riding a horse or two to realize (laughs) that side saddle and bareback were not the same sort of (laughs) completely different levels um and you do you do have a higher chance of contracting stis and or hiv because you may have multiple partners in a chemsex party or you may not know your sexual partners but i guess when i go to a nightclub i'm not exactly there with a clipboard but I am practicing. No, safe sex. but if you're on a drug like ice, <laughs> yeah, which, you know what I mean. Like, which you're, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> you're not. So, like, yeah, there would be people that partake in this that do at least on prep, even if they're not going to use condoms, and they're accountable for themselves. Yeah. But there's also people there that are either going to not be aware of what's going on, or be trusting of other people that they're on prep, which you know that isn't always true, a, and you can't actually always trust the other person. No, um, yeah. and when you're under the influence of you know, a substance or alcohol or whatever, your inhibitions are lowered. Oh, yeah, already, like you like, said before, with alcohol. Heat of the moment! Yeah. <laughs> There's also I'm some- not going to get pregnant tonight, no, but... Yeah. <laughs> There's also some other side effects of these particular drugs, which is with GBH, it's a mild anaesthetic. It can encourage maybe forceful anal sex, but you may not realise... You know, because people could be engaging in sex with multiple partners for you know, yes. two or three days because you're not sleeping and it keeps you awake that long. It can also, because of you know that level of kind of sexual activity, it can lead to rectal trauma and penile abrasions. Which, which... are small tears and splittings yes. of the skin of the penis. <laughs> 
And it's more so yep. common in uncircumcised gentlemen. Oh, interesting. Yeah, who have phimosis, which is a tight foreskin. Yeah. So I then that can obviously lead to the contraction. Uh-huh. Yeah, but we'll yes, learn about that later that. on. <laughs> um, yeah, so that which, can increase your risks of contracting, especially yes. HIV, anything yep. that's contracted through blood. And another way of really um, increasing your risk is by sharing needles. So this is a... Only slightly. (laughs) (laughs) Which also does occur... Shock horror. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. Which does also occur at some of these parties, and that's colloquially known as slamming. And then one of the main reasons that men may use these drugs during sex could be because of their impaired sexual function. So, I mean, it appeals to some people because, you know, they may be sexually unhappy, Mm -hmm. they could be impotent, they may even have erectile dysfunction. Yep. If they're a male, it does, for some people, increases their confidence in the boudoir. Mm -hmm. um, And it also reduces their nervousness or could even prolong their ejaculation. Big difference, though, I must just let you know, between, you know, a middle-aged man or couple who have got an impaired sex life due to, say, erectile dysfunctional impotence and they require Viagra or Cialis. Yes. As opposed to just a bunch of gays on a Saturday night who are just like, I just want to last longer and actually don't have any particular issue. Yeah, for the sake of it. Wanting to last an hour. Well, yeah, like, I mean, or days. Or day. Yeah, or three yeah, days. Yeah, the thing is that you, while you last for, you know, like you've obviously got the shorter recovery time and you can last for that long because you're just so awake, it can make it harder to get an erection while you're on a lot of these drugs. Yes. Which then does lead people to take things like Viagra. Mm-hmm. But then that, in turn, impairs their sexual function when they're not on chems because... Well, not only that they can't get aroused without Viagra, but then they're like having just like regular plain old sex and it's just not really hitting the spot. It actually leads a lot of men to have to like relearn how to to connect without drugs and um, have that intimacy. But that's also what some people are seeking, that intimacy, because they're not feeling like they had it. And whether it's like real or this kind of created form of intimacy because you're on drugs and you're like feeling amazing, that's something that they're seeking, which I think is like... Well, that's where you've got to be so careful because, I mean, I used to actually work for a urologist back in the day. I was his personal assistant. Some of the – because I would type up his dictated letters and some of the stories I listened to, good Lord, it was fascinating. Patient confidentiality. I'm Mm -hmm. never going to release names or whatever, but we'll just generalise (laughs) that education, again, is Mm. a huge thing because some people don't realise that your erection is only supposed to last – a certain amount of time. Yeah. If it's lasting a very, very long time, it can actually be quite fatal yeah. and you actually have to get yourself to an emergency department. Okay. Otherwise, you can <laughs> oh actually die from oh. it, from a prolonged erection. Yeah. You literally pretty much have to have a penile injection. <laughs> oh, my God. To let it down. <laughs> Or deflate, to deflate it. But it can have some... That's probably a real relief. But it can have some serious effects because, I mean, my urologist that I worked for was a specialist... Not your personal urologist. Not my personal. No, no, no. The one that I assisted. (laughs) The one who paid me to work for him, to be there. Um, He actually specialised in erectile dysfunction and penile implants because some people... Yeah, it was... Interesting. Yeah, yeah, like you'd have a penile implant and a little pump in the test. Anyway. So for people who can't get an erection, yes. you pump it up? Yeah. Wow. But he only ever did it on that. serious cases. It wasn't because yep. you'd have people coming through want, wanting a bigger to, penis. Yeah. And it's like, no, 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 yours works perfectly fine. But another point, just quickly, can I just say, just yep. for any of our listeners who are concerned, can I just say <gasps> pornos are very unrealistic. Oh, so you know the average penis size. Huh? Was he like? Did he have to measure them as well? No, timing. <laughs> oh, timing. <laughs> the length of a porno one hour lasting yeah, yeah, yeah. one hour very unrealistic well this is probably all is part of it 
like pornography as well. Everyone thinks that you're supposed to like be having sex for an hour. No. Yeah. From pretty much the start of sex. Penetration for an for, hour. Yeah, like that. Penetration, po- well, possibly. It, it, the hour of sex altogether, possible. Possibly, like foreplay, et cetera, yes. et cetera. But In- penetrative sex, between penetration yep. and ejaculation, it's around about five to ten minutes. What? <laughs> oh, my God. That is the norm. Really? Yep. Wow. Dead serious. That is shocking. But it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. But then, you know, you do have those guys that come into the clinic that literally only last yeah. like five seconds because yeah. they've just been touched and they need it's, some... and they need that assistance and whatnot. Mm. Well, yeah, obviously it's quite different with women for various reasons. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, men just get aroused and come so quickly. So Not quickly. that women can't come quickly, but it's it's different. It's like finding a map. You don't just touch someone and, you know, like it's... Touch me. <laughs> There's also know. just a difference between circumcised and uncircumcised penises in regards to being more sensitive. Yeah, well, I feel bad for that because <laughs> what if you what? were circumcised and it wasn't your choice and then you'll never know. Dal, I'm circumcised and I'm just fine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. No worries. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And apart from kind of the sexual insecurities that people may have mm-hmm. um, that, or dysfunctions that may lead them to using chems, some other sort of like motivations or reasons why can be things like for some people internalized homophobia or guilt relating to having sex or desiring having sex with men. Mm-hmm. So maybe people who aren't out. out. Also for some people, um, there was a study done where people listed body image and that idealized male body Yes, that, you know, is very prevalent on social media apps as well yeah that film entertainment pornography it's all there oh my yep. god pornography is probably the worst for body image yeah we're hating on pornography tonight um <laughs> interestingly one man said that being involved in chemsex helped relieve his anxieties about having sex as an hiv positive man right he was having say sex of course but it just made him not think about it and just be able to enjoy it. Yeah. And many people have said that they struggle to maintain other intimate relationships and sexual relationships while they're in the chemsex scene, scene. at the same time. It may not measure up or it, they may be dealing with the effects of those drugs in yep. their life. So that could actually add to their feelings of isolation and loneliness as well. Only <laughs> the lonely. <laughs> in general, for the LGBT plus community, drugs and alcohol are used at higher rates than the, what do you call it? Heterosexual community. Heterosexual <laughs> <laughs> the others? Yes, the others. Um, well, we do like to party. Yeah, definitely. It can be a good, good and bad thing. And now that we've that gay men have you know, seemingly achieved a lot more equality, yeah. we would think that a lot of these issues would start to change. Go away and but, everything yeah. starts to get great again. Yeah. There was actually, yeah, a really interesting um, 
quote I found where a guy said, you know, we thought once the AIDS epidemic was over that we'd be fine and then when we could get married we'd be fine and then when the bully stops that we'd also be fine and that we, as in gay men, keep waiting for the moment where we're going to be fine and not different from other people. But the fact is we are different and it's about time that we accept it and work with it. Mm -hmm. There was a comparison to somewhere like the Netherlands where gay marriage has been legal since 2001, you know, compared to maybe Australia where it's quite recent. Yet gay men there remain three times more likely to suffer from mood disorders than straight men and 10 times more likely to engage in suicidal self-harm. And in Sweden as well, actually, men who are married to men have triple the rate of suicide as men married to women as well. Yep. So places that are a bit more progressive and further ahead that we can kind of measure to, mm-hmm. there still hasn't been much change in those those issues. So that kind of leads us to the conclusion that there's something about living life as a man who's attracted to men a gay man, yeah. I'll say, <laughs> that's the word, a homosexual man, that isn't dependent on these other factors. There's other things at play that maybe we're not not addressing in, you know, like terms of education and health and stuff like that. Look, definitely. But as you were saying before, you know, there's that sense of loneliness yep. and some people do turn to alcohol or drugs to numb the pain. Yep. But I think we've got to sort of look at that bigger picture as an individual and sort of think, okay, right, why... Am I depending on this certain Mm -hmm. thing or this certain substance, et cetera, et cetera, and really evaluate? You know, I've recently been getting my head around the fact that I might never meet somebody and settle down. No, no, no. And it's been quite genuine. I took a guy to a function with me on Friday night. We'd gone out on a wonderful date the week early. We'd met each other. Like it was, everything was just Mm -hmm. chugging along quite nicely. And I was like, oh yeah, okay, cool, cool. Literally friend zoned me in my friend's kitchen before we went to this event. To which I then said to him, well, I don't think it's appropriate that you come with me to this event. Best that you be on your way, which was heinous. But, and it made me feel like shit. However, I didn't turn to a substance. Yep. I'm also turned to my friends. For sure. And you don't necessarily have to fall into like destructive or like... There's no other option for me. No other option for me or I have to forego everything else. Yeah. There's always another option and there's always someone out there to help. Yep. And I guess, you know, for me... I do love my bubbles. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I'm a party boy and I do love my bubbles. Yep. However, I don't rely on it. For me, I guess it, it stems back to when my parents divorced and mum put me through counselling and whatnot. And mm. she'd always said to me, if you've got a problem, don't bottle it up. Mm. Talk about it. So I couldn't understand why I couldn't cope with change. And you know, moving houses for me or moving jobs and whatnot would have a huge effect. So I ended up going and seeing a, a psychologist and really delving into it for about three years, getting shit off my chest yep. and understanding why I would deal with this this way or why I would deal with that yep. that way or why I couldn't bring myself to a level of you know this emotion or that emotion. And I've always been quite an emotional person. However, I've I've sort of found that I've surrounded myself with my family of choice, which is a very, very tight-knit, wonderful group of friends. And for them, they all know that, yeah, okay, Bren- Brendy has his occasional emotional moment or whatever <laughs> else, but I'm probably the most open out of all of our friends in regards well, to, well, this is how I'm feeling. And I make myself incredibly vulnerable, but to a degree, not where I'm just like yeah. hard on my sleeve and on a fainting couch, but... <laughs> <laughs> But very much like, mm. this is me. Yeah, you've got good tools and good you're very tools, evolved but, in dealing with this stuff. But, but like, also the thing is, feeling, there's nothing wrong with being emotional. If you're feeling your emotions as opposed to just bottling them up or repressing them. Do not bottle. That's a, Do not a good thing. Yeah. Feeling bad is okay. And that's not um, me tooting my own horn, Lenny, saying, no. oh my God, how fabulous am but I? That's a, 
Got but, plenty more learning to do. Oh, totally. Yeah, um, we all do. Yeah, but some people don't have, like, not that I'm saying that you're this. saying this, but we need education so that people Absolutely. know to do that. Because there was a study, another study, <laughs> which was done in 2015 that found that gay people produce less cortisol, which is a hormone that um, regulates stress. We're just such yeah. a stressed people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, we are. Basically, our systems were so activated, so constantly during adolescence, apparently, for some people, they go through this kind of period of exhaustion or fatigue when they grow up a bit, probably in their, like, 20s and 30s. I'm not surprised by that at all. Yeah. Because it's... most likely during their teenage years, they're trying yeah. to conceal. Yes. And yeah. they're highly heightened yeah. about hiding themselves. That... And it also compared straight and gay teenagers on cardiovascular risk, and it found that gay kids didn't necessarily have a greater number of stressful life events, but the ones that did, it actually inflicted more harm on their nervous system. That then leads to basically when you're stressed and gay, it comes out in this more maybe dramatic or heightened way because yep. you can't deal with it because you don't have enough of this hormone, which is so interesting. It's fascinating. And Brendy, has anyone ever sent you a meow meow on Grinder? No, not a meow meow, as in like a cat. <laughs> well, sometimes people send a cat emoji or they write meow meow. No. And that's a code for chemsex. No, I've just had like a couple of, yeah, the messages that say P and P and I'm like, P&P. no, thank you. There's also high and horny. No, thank you. Yep. Pill emoji. No, thank you. I used to now say you know. yeah. I, well, I used to say yeah. <laughs> you say yes I, to everything. <laughs> <laughs> no. I used to. So, like, God, it was like decoding Enigma, the imitation <laughs> game, trying to work out what all these codes meant. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like, a few years ago, Netflix and chill. Because I thought Netflix and chill was just hanging out. Yeah. I didn't realize that it was having sex. Yep. So I was inviting all these new friends over Aww. to have sex with me, <laughs> which they were all declining. Wait, friends, <laughs> not people on apps. Friends. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> like, come over for a Netflix and chill. <laughs> like, just assuming that it was like a movie and hang out. And they're like, Brendy's inviting me over for sex. No, let's just catch up Friday night with everyone else. I had no that's idea. Really no idea. So no, I didn't even know. Like, if I don't know what Netflix and chill meant, I don't You're know not. what the rest of it is. Well, don't say yes to everything because that's going to lead to trouble. <laughs> Why did public attention about chemsex really stem from a documentary called Chemsex from 2015, which is a documentary depicting the taking of drugs Mm -hmm. and sex of gay and bisexual men in London and kind of the issues that they are dealing with facing now. Well, well, I mean, you've also got Holding the Man, which we have discussed before. I literally, I cried so much I had to pause it so much to like uncontrollably cry. I mean... Weeping. It was, yeah. But there's actually a scene in Holding the Man. There's also a novel. Do read it. I feel like it's like gay initiation to read that book. But um, no, there is a scene where one of the guys ends up in, I think he's moved to Sydney and he's exploring his sexuality. And um, he ends up in an orgy where the chem sex is happening and everything's flying around and whatnot. Everything's flying flying around. Oh, there's so much skin. Yeah. Yeah, it's act- it's an amazing film. More and more gay films are being made. Yes. Gay films, you know, queer films are being made, but I still think the amount of quality ones are few. Yes. Um, and this would definitely be one of my all-time favourites. Oh, it's incredible. In- yeah. Thanks so much for tuning in. As we say, you can always follow the show at At Word of Gay on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Send us any word suggestions. And, and if you haven't, rate us. Rate us. Review us review if you us. want. That would be great. Write and we'd love to the us. feedback. Yeah, and write to us. <laughs> we will reply, we promise. Yes, definitely. <laughs> As always, Lenny, it's been a hoot. It totally has. It's been a freaking hoot. <laughs> we will see you in another two weeks. Bye. Bye.
Need new glasses or want a fresh new style? Warby Parker has you covered. Glasses start at just 95 bucks, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Every frame's designed in-house, with a huge selection of styles for every face shape. And with Warby Parker's free home try-on program, you can order five pairs to try at home for free. Shipping is free both ways, too. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered to try five pairs of frames at home for free. warbyparker.com slash covered.